Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's show 145 of the Pucknologists here on Teal Town USA. Welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial free Sharks podcast. There's only two games this week, and the Sharks lost both of them. Well, well. We're going to get into those games and ask a few questions, such as, as the NHL postpones more games, are the Olympics next? In... Evander Kane might be playing with the CUDA, but is he traveling with them? How do you actually pronounce Halgawaks? And aren't the Sharks exactly where we predicted they would be? So why are so many people upset that they're not doing better? But first, remember to subscribe and follow us on social media. If you'd like to help support the content we deliver, you can donate using the Super Chat option during the live shows, but we do prefer Venmo, and you can find us at Teal Town USA. We thank you for that support, and if you're not watching live on YouTube, make sure to add your take in the comments section below on this YouTube video. So, let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's dive right in. Jerkman, how do you pronounce it? Uh, well, you know, I talked with I talked with some people who talked to some people, and it's exactly as the shirt says. It's Halbgoax. Three so- out. three syllables. Three syllables. Shout out to Kevin Lacey, Tealtown USA's pronunciation guru, and <laughs> and the conversation he had with Jaden's mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and the thing that's that like that's it. Like you know, I know. Oh well, the NHL media guide says this, and this says that, and blah blah blah. If there's one thing I trust Kevin to get right is name pronunciation. And so if Kevin says it's this, it's this. Yeah, I think that's kind of our de facto. So let's go here, guys. Uh, It's the weekly wrap here for Sharks Hockey and through 30 games this season. The Sharks are now 15, 14, and 1. Now, a year ago at this point, or I shouldn't I shouldn't say a year ago, I should say last season, <laughs> they were 12, 14, and 4. So for all the changes from last season, it's only kind of a slight improvement. I mean, what's what's the math on that? Like a three-point improvement? Uh yeah, quite exactly three points. Um, <laughs> I mean, you you had three overtime losses that turned into wins. So Yeah, so a three-point improvement and that's what you got with what is supposed to be, you know, much better goaltending. Uh, Which it's been. Uh, well, the numbers would say otherwise when it comes to Aiden Hill. <laughs> Thankfully, he hasn't started most of the games. Thank you. Uh, you know, a, a f- defense first focus. And mm-hmm. this also comes despite missing your goal and point leader from last season. So eh, take what you can get from it, I guess. Uh, but I. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I kind of look at it. <laughs> this is me continuing to say that the Sharks are not out of it. Um, <laughs> I I really don't feel like the Sharks have been at 100% all year. Mm-hmm. Maybe the very beginning of the year. Oh. But at one point or another, somebody's been, you know, dealing with something. I mean, we, there was the COVID outbreak. Reimer had some time out. Balsers has been out. LeBanc has been out. Hill missed time. Hill missed time. You know, there's, I. That's not to say that the Sharks become 100 percent and they're a playoff team, but I certainly think that I I think a 100 percent healthy squad. I don't think that's unfair 
to say that that should be the barometer. Yeah, I, I go back to the whole Doug Wilson quote from last May where he's going, you know, we're not nearly as far away as people think we are. And I'm kind of going, uh, based on my predictions, you're kind of exactly where I thought you would be. If you want to make the art, well, if you want to make an argument here, that's, that's you, what we you do. Just, you just mentioned it, though. The Sharks are exactly where they were last year. In fact, they're a little bit better. It, we're, we're, we're splitting hairs here, but a little bit better than they were last year. And they don't have their best player from last year. Mm-hmm. Argument uh, could be made. Was, well, hold on. To Conversely, though, they also have players that sucked last year that are playing much better this year. Fair. So... I don't know. Let, 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 real quickly, because remember, when you use the Super Chat option, you get on right away. Taco Cruiser saying, this franchise desperately needs to rebuild. They should trade their veterans for draft picks and or young players wherever possible. Now, sir, why would you trade your young players? Isn't that the future? No, trading them for draft picks or young players. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you are correct, sir. Yeah. But there's, okay. also, there's also one problem with that statement. Uh, the veteran players that the Sharks should be trading, <laughs> nobody have, wants them. Nobody wants them, or the they only have play, new, the no only trade veteran, clauses. Or... The only veteran player that's wanted is Hurdle. Like, that's one guy. And why is that? Well, I mean... Look at his contract. Well, his contract is very friendly, but even then, even, whichever team signs him to a new deal, they're getting, a, they're getting somebody at 28 who... I believe still has more to show. You know what I mean? Yep. And can, I, I, we've gone into this. We're totally off the rails, but it's fine. We, <laughs> there's no games this coming week. I feel like we kind of just have to empty the tank. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we may be to warn our affiliates. We we may go a little bit long tonight, but that's also because based on everything that has been announced earlier today, uh, there's a 98 percent chance that there will be no sh no pucknologist next Sunday, just because there's not going <laughs> to be anything to talk about. So, and we've, we've talked about this before, specifically towards the end of last season, but I feel it's worth saying again as we creep closer to the trade deadline. Tomash Hurdle is not a good young player. And you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> now, Tomash Hurdle, the year the Sharks that went to the Stanley Cup final, that's a good young player. Mm-hmm. This version of Tomash Hurdle, good player. I don't think anybody is arguing that. 28. No, he's a vet. He's in his prime. He, he's, yeah, he's four. In case you, you know, you need your brain melted a little bit, four years younger than Logan Couture. I've read people acting as if Hurdle is the same age as William Eklund, which he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's worth saying that. <laughs> I feel that. There's um, no Peter Pan syndrome here. <laughs> Yikes. So with 31 points, the Sharks uh, sit sixth in the Pacific Division. Two and three in their last five, all at home, by the way. Mm -hmm. Five and five in their last ten. Those are not good numbers. Those are not numbers that if they continue on are going to get you into a playoff spot. And so far, they aren't taking advantage of the December schedule and their divisional games. Remember, they won the two versus Calgary but they've lost consecutive matches against Seattle and then Vancouver. I don't know how, if you're expected to be a team that, is, that has aspirations of playoffs, you can't lose to the teams that are behind you. And the bigger issue 
is the Sharks are currently five points now out of the last wild card spot. And every team in front of them, save the Jets and the Kings, have a game in hand. That's mm-hmm. that, that's 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 not good, man. <laughs> yeah, I I think it it's definitely yeah, it, it's not good, right? But I think you know, as I said before, like this team has really not been at 100% all year and they don't have their best player from last year and if it was up to me, they wouldn't have their best player from last year ever again. Um, but <laughs> point being is there's still and again um, this is not going to be you know a 75 minute slob session where we talk about how the sharks are just right there we're we we're, we're talking possibilities here like the sharks could very easily pull themselves out of this i mean they still have a lot of home games coming up um against <clears throat> you know they're gonna have to play vancouver again at some point um they got arizona coming up as well and just look too, vancouver six in a row they're pulling themselves out of the ashes uh, Vegas Golden Knights won five in a row. They are now um, at the top of the Pacific Division. Even Nashville Predators, who I was very low on, they've won seven in a row. So that's not to say the Sharks will go on a run like this at all, but the opportunity is certainly there, especially with, you know, as guys start to come back. I mean, we're going to get into it, but, you know, it, it seems like Rudolph's Balsers might be ready to go once the holiday break is over, which is good because between now and the holiday break, the Sharks have zero games. Um, so we'll see again, nothing is impossible, I guess is what I would say. It's easy to, to be doom and gloom and just cancel everything now. But, uh, (laughs) in the words of John King, we're, we're just not there yet. We still got more games to count. (laughs) Nice. Well, based on my math, uh, a quick count here, the sharks with the remaining 52 games, they have, they've, I want to say it's 20, but I want hey, facts matter, right? We want mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we, that we are there if if we're going to be the John Kings of the room. So we got mm-hmm. 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22. So 22 of the next 52 are divisional matchups. Huge. Yeah. So if you can take a significant amount of those Okay, then I can. You're right there. Yeah, then I can see it. But if you're going to continue at the pace that you're at, which is essentially 500 hockey, this is going to be the third straight year that they miss the playoffs for the first time in franchise history. It's worth noting too that you know more more so now compared to the last two years. And again, I don't want anybody to get any delusions that the Sharks are going to be doing this, but if if push came to shove, the Sharks could not could. They are. The Sharks are in a position to add. You know, they have they've right now they have three million dollars in real cap space, obviously, based on based on how you accrue cap space that the prorated number is four point seven million and will be fifteen point five million at the trade deadline if they stick on this pace of accruing cap space. And I know people are really, you know, bearish on trading away assets but again like you know if if the sharks can find a deal that makes sense you know for now and for the future to borrow a phrase from doug wilson i i I take that opportunity you know what i mean again evander kane it's 
we're not talking about Evander Kane specifically, but just think about the situation. You know, at the time when he was acquired by the Sharks, he was 27 years old. If the Sharks get an opportunity to pick up a 27-year-old who they can re-sign or maybe has some years left, sure, why not, right? I mean, that it's not like somebody – he's not 100 years old. You know what I mean? He's somebody who's going to be able to contribute for at least five years minimum. And I, I think if the Sharks find themselves in that position, I think they should take advantage because you know people pour, are pointing out in the chat, the, off, the defense has been good, the goaltending has been better, the offense is not there, and I agree. You know, A couple guys have stepped up um, back to, I think, kind of where – I thought they would, um, but a couple guys, you know, have have been a little bit below expectations. So, yeah, you know, they're uh, offense. Yeah, well, it's this is something we talked about for the last few weeks, and it was a quote from Tomas Hurdle: "What we can't be a one-line team, and for the most part, they have been. It's basically whatever line Myers on. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it's right. a, the key to beating the Sharks." Just shut down whatever line Myers on, and your chances of winning are probably at about ninety-five percent. And that, and that's 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 kind of the thing, you know, is like you look at, um, I mean, Meyer, Couture, and Dolan, like that's been good all year, right? And but, then what happened when Hurdle was on the skid? He throws Meyer with Hurdle. All of a sudden, Hurdle breaks out for like what five goals in three games. Yeah, exactly. But even that second line, right? We've seen lately, pretty much, I would say. You know, we're we're thirty games thirty games in this at this point. I would say for probably two thirds, maybe even three quarters of the season, it's been Hurdle, Barabanov, and take your pick: Balsers, Gregor, Bank, Noah Gregor, Jaden Halbguax. Who? And <laughs> those those four guys I mentioned, they're not they're not scoring. Yeah. But and it's they, not like Gregor isn't putting it on net. For sure, and 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 you know what I mean to say by that is like. You know, Hurdle and Barabanov have been playing well together, and the third guy on that line, whoever it's been, has been playing well with them. He can, whoever it's been, he can keep up with them. He can create plays with them. Nobody's disputing that. But whoever's up there needs to be able to finish. Like, I, you know, Noah Gregor, he's now played 14 games with the Sharks this year. Like, considering how well Hurdle and Barabanov have played this year, I really wish he had more than one goal. Yeah, that's to, and, although, and it's but not if you not for lack of trying, it is. But but to to try to 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 go Curtis Brown on you, maybe that makes it easier for the Sharks to re-sign him at a low rate. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Gregor, you know, Gregor could put score ten goals this year. I still don't think you're really giving him anything that's crazy. Oh, um, absolutely. But, you know, my point that, being though is that, dude, if we get to the end of February. And the Sharks are, I don't know, I mean, what did I say right now? Five points out of a wild card spot. Let's say that they're eight points out mm-hmm. of a wild card spot. I I would think at that point, you know, Hurdle is pulling, you know, the phone call. Trade me right fucking now. You know, like, yeah, I want out. And I think at that point, you would just say, okay, I mean, because that's, that's the first domino. You know, Hurdle is going to bring you, is going to fetch you, obviously, is going to fetch Taste, you. That is going to be a tasty return. Uh, God, you would hope. I mean, it no, has it to be. Will, it, it will be. Yeah. It will be. That's. But it's... yeah, but let's be honest. We're talking about, you know, there, there's a significant portion of the fan base that whatever comes back is not going to be enough. You know, because you, you're, you always value your guy higher than the other 31 teams. You know what I mean? For sure. No, I, I think, like, it's kind of... You know, 
I, knock on wood, but say say the Sharks are in a position where they do have to trade Hurdle, just based on based on everything, right? His contract, how good of a player he is, how old he is, it's near impossible to screw that up. Yeah, like well. <laughs> Have like, you seen you, some all, of Doug Wilson's moves the last no, couple of years? Here's, here's the thing. Here's well, I I don't have a problem with any of them, uh, save for the Lane Peterson deal. But anyway, um, <laughs> but you. you look and I and I'm going to keep going back to it, right? But the Montreal Canadiens they gave up a first round pick and a second round pick for Christian Dvorak. Now, are, are we talking about the Canadians who's GM who pulled that trigger is now no longer there? Well, sure, but here's what I'm saying. So a first-round pick and a second-round pick for Christian Dvorak. Now, don't get it wrong. I like Christian Dvorak. I think he's a good player. Tomas Hurdle is a much better player than Christian Dvorak. doesn't even matter if he's a pending UFA. You can look at pending UFA deals of the past, right? All right. Well, People let's, will pay up for pending UFAs. Well, and, let, let's hit up Taco Cruiser then to follow you in. Thank you very much for your super chat. Uh, is Hurdle a top line player on a championship team? Or yeah, a championship team, uh, a top line player? Absolutely. If he's yeah. at wing, is he a well, number uh, one center? Yes. Uh, who 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 the the the? Give me your five best teams right now. Like. Just, just, yeah, like the in the standings, just the like, or just the top team in every division. Is, is Tomas Hurdle better than Mark Stone? You see where I mean, I'm going with this? Yeah, but you're you're comparing apples to oranges. I, I'm comparing a center for a center. Mark Stone's not a center. Okay, but okay. Oh, my blunder, <laughs> my blunder, my blunder. But okay, who who's the top? Who the fuck am I thinking of? Who's the top center well, on Vegas? Well, it would be Jack Eichel, but he's injured. Oh, okay. Who has been the top center on Vegas before <laughs> Eichel was even involved? You smart. Uh, well, late lately, it's been Chandler Stevenson. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to talk about another team. <laughs> who's the who's the top line center in like Florida? Uh, Sasha Barkov. Hurdle better than him. It, again, it's so hard to say. I mean, they they bring a lot of the same things to the table, right? I mean, they're both big centers who okay. score a lot of points. But but, but, but uh, you know, it's it's just me trying to answer his question. You no, know, you're. It, here's the thing, though. If you're trading for, if you're a, if you're a Stanley Cup contender, you're not trading for a number one center. You yeah, I mean? you would have that on your team, but yeah, if like you can just, bring just in by, a badass, yeah. That's what, but that's what I'm saying. Is like you're not you're not trading for a number one center at the trade deadline. You're trading for a guy who's going to supplement your lineup. You know what I mean? But even then, like the idea of like oh first center, second center, like I don't know. I mean, you're see- the good teams anyway. The, <laughs> Green jacket, the good team- gold jacket. <laughs> <laughs> the good teams have two first lines. Yeah. Or you if know, you're that's... Vegas, you have four second lines. But that's what I'm saying. Like especially you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you're thinking, okay, you know, when everybody's healthy, they're rolling out Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Andre Palat. Like that's a damn good, that's a damn good first line, right? And then it's like, oh, we survived the first line. Who you got coming out for the second line? Kalorn, Sorelli, it's Steven Stamkos. It's like, oh shit. Like the good teams have two good first lines. 
Well, and, and I'm also wondering if, because this seems to be a very Doug Wilson thing, is that Doug Wilson, again, hypothetically speaking, it's the end of February. Sharks are eight, nine points out of a wild card spot. It is not looking mm-hmm. good. It's like, okay, we need to start making some moves. I'm thinking Wilson, He again, he's going to be one of those guys that goes, okay, n- you know, name – 24 other teams in the division as long as they aren't the other seven in our division. Right. You know, like he won't trade in division, no matter how good the windfall coming the other way may be. I don't yeah, know. well, I, well I we think... can We can, you know, hit that when and if it happens, but... And the thing is, though, like, you're, especially the, the type of... Say say what you're saying comes true, right? The Sharks are in a bad spot um, come trade deadline. Hurdle has been pretty clear. Yes, I you know I want to win. I prioritize winning over everything. Mm-hmm. Is the guy who prioritizes winning over everything going to play hardball in a way that keeps him stuck on a crappy team? No. He's going to say, even if they're not on my list, find me a trade. I'll let you know what I think. Because... Oh no People's- no no! I'm I, I'm I'm totally with you on that. But I'm like, even if I like, I feel like if Edmonton were to like, or, or even Vegas, although I don't know how either team would afford him, if either team were to even to you know just pull that rental thing, and they're like, you know what, we're just here for you know this is one of those rentals. We think Hurdle is the key to unlock the path to win mm-hmm. the big shiny thing for us. We know how important that is to Vegas because they, they wanted to bring it within the five, the within five seasons. And this is the fifth season, but we also know how wicked things have become in Edmonton. And you know, you, you can only hold off McDavid and dry saddle for so long where it's just kind of like, they need to have some sort of success. This the, Connor McDavid could have, the could be the best player with the worst career ever when it comes to postseason. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I I don't know. And I'm afraid think... that either of those teams could throw the Sharks back something where you just go, oh my god! And 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 Wilson would put the kibosh going. Nah, we we don't want to trade him in division. Yeah, but even I mean, I don't know. That's the the thing is though is like even if you trade him, like you said, say you trade him to Edmonton, which Edmonton or Calgary for that matter would make sense short term but like he's not signing a long term extension there. He he's not going he's not going to Vegas at all. Vegas doesn't even have cap room for the guys they currently have. Yeah, but but it, it, but it still comes down to even if they're going to rent him, they're going to have to give up some significant pieces to get that rental. No, that and yeah, right. And that's what I'm saying. Like for Hurdle, like if if you if you're Doug Wilson, Doug Wilson calls up and says, "Hey, we're going to trade Tomas Hurdle. What's your offer?" If 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 that if the first word out of that GM's mouth isn't 2022 first, you hang up the phone. All right. Click done out. Like <laughs> if you're not offering this, we're not even talking to you. All right. Well. And then you, if you are offering it, what else will you give us? <laughs> yes. Maybe Sweet. a first and another second, a second which becomes a first if you win the cup, and you know because here's the thing. People in the chat saying, well, is Hurdle a first-line center on a good team? Maybe, maybe not, but he's the first-line center on this team. And that's very – all Doug Wilson has to say is, look, I'm trading you your first, my first-line center. you got to make it worth it for me. Isn't the person on the other end going to go, I thought Couture was your first-line center? 
Well, that's that goes back to what I was saying. You know, the, <laughs> the good the good teams have multiple and, first lines. And and how do you and again how do you sell this? I mean, yeah, you can if the return is stupendous, you can have a little bit, I guess, go your way. But I just how do you sell dealing your? I mean. Had Ferraro not come to the Sharks, I would say Hurdle, hands down, is the fa- the fan favorite. Hands sure. down. Uh, I would argue he still is. Uh, perhaps. I, I, think you, I think it would be a, a great vote. I think Hurdle probably would get the nod, but I think Ferraro would pull a lot of the votes. But mm-hmm. how do you sell to a fan base that is, you know, for a team that is already desperately looking for offense, oh, we're <laughs> we're gonna trade away our fan favorite player, a guy who's produced pretty consistently for us on offense, one of the few. And now, you know, for a team that used to be flush in centers, so many that we had to throw them on the wings, or they or they were wings or they were centers that they had to play wing because they weren't quite ready to play center, like Hurdle. But you know, there, at one point we're talking about. Pavelski and Tierney and Thornton and Marlowe and all these different pieces that were so heavy down down the middle. And now it's like, there's Couture. Okay. It's going to be a tough road. Um, we'll come back to this. Uh, let me see. I just think, I just think um, it's bad business. It's bad business if the Sharks aren't a playoff team and then let him go for nothing that's bad business oh that's horrible i also also think it's bad for business if the sharks find a way to keep hurdle and then don't promptly build the team around him and try and get better if i'm like obviously you don't want to mortgage the future right but i'm if i'm doug wilson and i want to keep hurdle i want to keep tomas hurdle resign him do the whole thing I'm not acquiring the players and building the lineup that's been built right here. I mean, how like Benino, Cogliano, Nieto. That has been a very awesome line to watch. Speed, good defense, the whole thing. I, I love we watching that, that the line. O line. Right, but if your if your third line is going to be that quick, fast shutdown line, your fourth line, and and our friend Shang even mentioned it. Like you got to make that fourth line better fit into the equation better mm-hmm. get some guys to play with LeBanc Lane Peterson not cutting it Gadjevich not cutting it none of Weatherby has been good he needs help yeah like, um you how do you expect oh yeah we have this guy who prioritizes winning and we want to keep him but we're not going to try to build a team that can win what do you think about a fourth line what, say everybody's healthy sure everybody's healthy. every all everybody's available Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you th- fourth line? Uh, let's say Gregor between LeBanc and Halgawax. Sure, smaller but fast. I still think ultimately, I still think your fourth line is Cogliano, Weatherby, and Nieto. I still think that ends up being the fourth line, and your third line should be um, LeBanc, Benino, and Balsers, or LeBanc, Benino, and Gregor. Right. One of those, and then obviously whoever's not on that line should be up with Hurdle and Barabanov. I would prefer LeBanc up there with Hurdle and Barabanov personally, but whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, especially <laughs> when you factor in how much he's getting paid. Uh, let's see, Taco Cruiser. Sharks fans aren't stupid. They understand that rebuilding is part of professional sports. Uh, Did you see what I sir, said? Sir, I could not disagree with you hard. 
Did you see what I said? <laughs> Harder, yeah. No. Sharks fan, you clearly are not on Sharks fan Facebook. <laughs> Go three comments down from that. Look what I said. Yeah, yeah. No, Sharks fans, uh, uh, not all of them, but Sharks fans are stupid. And I see it every day on social media. And despite my best efforts to try to help people to, just to inform them, like I'm not, I'm not trying to be a know-it-all. I'm not, I'm literally just trying to stop the spread of misinformation. You know, somebody old today, perfect example. Somebody hit us up on Twitter and said, why did they, why did they blow off the Canucks game this Tuesday? They're already in town from playing on Thursday. Hmm. Like all the person, <laughs> all, literally. That's not a real thing that happened. I kid you not, dude. <laughs> Shit you not. Go look that's, at the Teal Town Twitter. Epic. Look at epic. the Teal Town Twitter. And I responded and I said, no, actually Vancouver had to go back home following the Thursday game because they had Toronto last night scheduled or Arizona tonight scheduled. Those were both postponed. So no, they, they weren't in San Jose. And then the response was, oh, oh, okay. But the you know before saying that like all they had to do was go to canucks.nhl.com/schedule, they could have figured this out on their own. So, again, are there some sharks fans that are uh, that try to educate themselves and that are, are smart? Yes, most of them are not on social media, and for good reason. Uh, look, <laughs> we need to move on. I'm, yeah, I was going to say, we're 30 minutes in. And, and we, we haven't are, even talked about the games this week. <laughs> yeah, we're one paragraph into the rundown. Yeah. Um, so how did I do on my predictions? Uh, one for two through 30 games. I had them at 16 and 14. They're 15, 14, and one. I couldn't be any fucking, you know, on more on pace. But and going back to ignorant Sharks fans, uh, there's a whole bunch of them that are like so upset that they're not better. Well, we got to, Eric Carlson's playing so much better. Timo Meyer's playing so much better. We have much better goaltending, you know. And it's look, they're exactly where we said they were going to be. What? I don't understand why you're so upset, but whatever. Hmm. <laughs> and PJ Forty Eight's calling those people glass bangers. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, Anyway, the Sharks did, believe it or not, I know listening to this podcast, you wouldn't, uh, un, you probably wouldn't get it, but the Sharks did play two games this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they lost 3-1 to Seattle on Tuesday. Uh, Reimer would get the start in the first ever matchup against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, the lone Only heard that mentioned a thousand times on the broadcast. Yeah, no doubt, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we can... Go down that hill, too. Oh, boy. Logan Couture with the only goal, and it took Rhyme, pulling Reimer to get it. Uh, look, the storyline on this one is, look, the, Seattle has not been great, but their goaltending has kind of, like, found a rhythm as of late. And for me, the Sharks, they got they got goalied. Hey, now, cool. All right. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah, and we're back. See, I told you I'd, uh, I'm going to have to yank that utility. Uh, but they, they got goalied, bro. God, did they get guys. Too much passing. Took him a little while to wake up. And, of course, former Sharks, Donato and Donskoy, get on the score sheet because, you know, post-deal syndrome. But for me, they got goalied. Well, so, okay, there's one thing I really want to mention. You whip it and out. And it stems from this game. 
And so we were talking about pronunciations earlier, earlier obviously, Jaden Hompkowax. Did I not um, say Kraken correctly? No, but here's the thing. So there is a player who plays for the Seattle Kraken, and his first name is Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy Lozon. Uh-oh. Jeremy Lozon is his name. Though, if you watch the Sharks broadcast, it was it was Jeremy Lozon. But then it was also Jeremy Lozon. But then it was also Jeremy Lazen. But then it was also Jeremy Lozen. I'm pretty sure I heard Jeremy Lasagna as well. <laughs> so, At least we didn't hear Jonas Dunskoyi. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, pronunciation, it's tough for everybody. All right. Uh, tickets sold in this one, 12000 403. So a little bit of a bump, you know, certain fans probably, I, I was among them. It's like, Hey, I want to be able to sit there and say, uh, I saw the very first time that the Kraken ever played in San Jose. What would have been bet about that? I mean, just cats meow would be having, I don't know, a warm up puck from that. But for some reason, uh, the, the powers that be didn't, I don't know, figure out what demand is. And like they had uh, a very small amount of warm-up pucks, and were allowing people to like reserve multiples, like four of them. Another name had three next to them. It's just like maybe we, I don't know, go one per person and start there, and then if there's any left going into the second intermission, then you say, okay, everybody's had a had an opportunity to get one. Now, if we have any left, you can pick up the second one. Does that sound good? Sounds good I think to that's me. Fair. Uh, the other uh, just fascinating encounter I had, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, during Tuesday night was Homeboy and I walked down to the Sharks uh, ticket window. You know, if you if you come in from that south entrance off uh, Santa Clara, you know, immediately to your right, there's an ATM, but there's a little ticket window, right? And we're going, hey, man, let's take this opportunity Let's uh, pick up tickets for the Florida game for the return of Jumbo. That way we don't have to pay those ridiculous Ticketmaster fees. Bet. Let's hit them up. We go to the ticket window, and I shit you not. I ask, girl, we'd like two seats. We already know it's 205, row two, like seats eight and nine, something like that for the Florida game. March 15th, I want to say. And uh, she goes, oh, I'm sorry. We, we don't sell tickets for future games. You can only buy tickets for tonight. I'm already in the fucking building. Why would I need tickets? Are you kidding me? Like, and again, this goes back to the whole thing of being stupid. Like, how do you not process that? And it also understood for me while while uh, why we were the only ones in line because usually when you can buy tickets usually there's a few people there because they do want to buy tickets for a future game and they want to say f you to the ticket master fees but she literally said you can only buy tickets for tonight's game i'm in the fucking building <sighs> epic figure it out people Figure it out, please. I beg of you. Don't complain that you're not selling out the building when you make it difficult for people to purchase tickets. Now, that being said, through from right now, and this started a couple days ago, but through right now, up until midnight tonight, 
you can go onto Ticketmaster right now and buy tickets, and the Sharks are eating the fees. So there is that. That probably should have happened earlier, but I will say, at least there's that. Now do me a favor and start selling, open the ticket box office throughout the week too. That would help. Or at least set up a day, you know, like every Monday, ticket box, you can stop by. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Don't even set up a day. Set up a tablet there. Yeah, just something. I mean, help us help you. <laughs> come on. Man, you don't were, come you were ready to You were ready to give them your money. Dude, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, here, I got, you know, $150, $160, whatever the price. I'm like, here, I got cash. I'm ready to go. Oh, we don't sell tickets for future. Oh, are you kidding me? And so when I see, you know, that they're only selling... 12,000 on Tuesday, 10,000 on, on, uh, Thursday. <sighs> anyway, I fear as though I've gone too far yet again. Uh, look on Thursday, this was a, a, a curb stomping. Uh, Vancouver comes in and just <laughs> five to two, just roll steamrolls Hill. Uh, book is out on Hill. Everybody, uh, glove side high is your bread and butter. Uh, yeah, uh, Aiden Hill single-handedly lost the game for the Sharks, and and you know I usually don't like to I don't like to blame the goalie for these kinds of things, but this loss squarely, squarely on Aiden Hill. I mean, the three of granted, okay, three of those five goals he should have had. There was no reason to not have them. <laughs> I think that he should have had on. all five, and I and I understand he was out of the net for a couple of them. <laughs> right, but here's what I'm saying. is So you look at the game against the Kraken, and it says, man, the Sharks were really dialed in defensively, wish they got some run support. Well, this yeah. game they got run support, and their goalie fell apart. Oh, dude. If it's not one thing, it's another. <sighs> yeah, and I assume because of the scheduling quirk, you know, between, you know, there was only two games this week, two games this coming week, well, at least there were at the time, uh, you know, and then no, just a really weird, weird stretch. Are they only playing four games over two weeks? That's really odd. You don't see that very often. Um, so I guess that's why Hill starts because you didn't want him being cold that long, whatever. Um, but at the same time, like we've talked about it before, the Sharks have visions of of making the playoffs, right? And if that is if if we are to believe that is true, shouldn't you be playing the your hot best goalie? goalie? Yes, yes. Not even the not even the hot goalie, dude. Just... Because Reimer was injured or sick or whatever was wrong with him, dude. And Aiden Hill's he's come back, dude. And he's Aiden Hill's save percentage right now is worse than Martin Jones's right now. That to I will me say better than it was the last three years, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hold on. Let's hit this in the chat real quick and then we'll jump back to the Vancouver game. Uh, a couple quick comments. Sharks are eating the fees, but isn't it on certain games? Uh, it was on every game I checked. So I'm not aware of that. Uh, Eric asking sharks need to implement market pricing like the giants do. Uh, I think they tried to do that. I don't Uh, even know what that means. Uh, well, it's basically that it's in theory, in theory, you know, the average price of a ticket for, for baseball, right? Like when it's a it's a Thursday night, it's against, say, the San Diego Padres, 
and their third string or their third starter is playing versus your third starter. Like that's kind of like the baseline of your, your pricing, right? So for the ticket that you want to sit in, that ticket is say $48. But that same exact ticket, when it's a Saturday night and it's versus the Dodgers and their star, their number one starter is on the mound and your number one starter is on the mound, you know, Saturday night, huge rival. Then it goes up, but then it say it's a Tuesday night and it's your fifth starter versus their fifth starter. And the team that you're facing is like, you know, a team you have no history with, like the Cincinnati Reds or something like that you know, or, or the fucking blue Jays, like a team that you see like once every four years or something like those prices, then instead of it, 48 should fall to like 40 bucks. But that $48 when it's on Saturday and it's all the good things, then it'll go up to like 62 bucks. You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, but uh, truthfully, I think the whole ticket prices drama, I, I honestly think it's a bunch of bullshit. Because here's the thing. Sharks ticket prices at times over the last 15 years have been expensive. Fans have still paid for them to go. Yeah. Well, the dynamic. Sharks tickets. Hold on. Sharks tickets are dumb cheap right now. At least if. On the secondary market. Right. But if you're going to sharks.whatever.com to buy tickets, you've made a couple mistakes along the way. (laughs) Sharks tickets are cheap right now. And people are still not going. So when everybody's when anybody says, "Oh, the ticket prices are high," you're either not looking in the right places, or you're just being a big baby about how the Sharks are not a good team. We're we're, we're going to get to this in a minute. We're, we're, I'm just saying. No, no, if no. People I, wanted to, if people wanted to be there, they would be there no matter the cost. Exactly. And I, we're gonna I'm gonna touch on this in a little bit. Let's finish out this Vancouver game and move on. Yeah, please do. Yeah, we're all over the fucking. All right. Uh, so anyway, Canucks come into this winning five straight since their mass firings. Well, guess what? Now it's six straight. Uh, <laughs> Galax gets the solo lap, making his NHL debut, skating with Hurdle and Barabanov. Uh, with good. with uh, yeah, I thought looked fantastic. Certainly got his name butchered uh, a ton load in the first period. Uh, with LeBanc out for the next three months, uh, I mean the opportunity is there. I would hope somebody. Steps up to take it. I can only assume Scott Reedy is next on the list. I can't imagine that Evander Kane's going to get a look. Um, so look, the the, the storyline on this, you know, we kind of mentioned it, but look, you, you can't. You manufactured a couple of goals. You got Meyer and Cogliano, but uh, you didn't get much jump. It's the fourth straight game for the Sharks where they fail to score more than two goals. Uh, this is a game that screamed start, Reimer. Uh, you know, he's the hot hand. You go, you just saw what he did. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, Bugner switched up the D pairs, putting Ferraro with EK 65 Middleton with Burns. Okay, fine. Uh, I think probably if I had to guess, that's probably because, you know, Bob was probably looking, okay, Burns Carlson, who's more likely to help us tie the game. Carlson. Okay. Oh, Sure. We're gonna put we're gonna put Carlson. And who's more defensively sound, Ferraro or Middleton? Well, that and that's the thing. Who you know, if if we're if we're jumping up in the play to try and score and we get caught with our pants down, who's more likely to bail us out, Ferraro or Middleton? Mm-hmm. Totally with you there. Um, and I will say, as much you know, look, not a and real quick, not a slight on Middleton, 
Definitely a slight on Burns. Continue. Yes. Uh, speaking of EK65, though, it, I mean, and I've, give him, I've given him his cookies as he has deserved them over the course of this season. Would you agree? Absolutely. Probably more than you probably should, but <laughs> Hey, now. We've all seen it. I've been run over a few times this season. All right? Not today. <laughs> no. Uh, this game, you have to remember, <laughs> he sucked in this one. Uh, the worst, of course, being his neutral zone giveaway in the third period. The Sharks are down three to two. There's two and a half left. And EK puts it right on Miller's stick, and boom, it's 4 2. Like, he, that's, it was unassisted. Miller never had to do anything. He just, oh, thank you, Eric. Went back, boom. Uh, what is it? Like, had enough time to sh- shout over to the bench and go, what is glove side high, right, boys? Yeah. Okay, boom. And funnily enough, Randy and Hetty make no mention of the EK65 turnover, only saying that Hill need to have that. Okay, yeah, Hill needed to have that. Eric Carlson needed to not make that pass. I think when it, when it comes to that, right, you just really you just kind of hope that, you know, that kind of stuff from Eric Carlson, you just hope it's the it's the exception, not the rule. Oh, right? absolutely. And, and it I generally think, has been this season. I was gonna say what we've seen this year, it has been. So hopefully that's not where we're trending. But it, I'm telling you though, as soon as I put him uh, I, I saw that when he put it on Miller's stick, I went, oh fuck. And then, you know, six seconds later it's in our net. And I was just like, Oh, you've got to be shitting me. <sighs> I digress. I probably should a few times. Um, looky, looky. Burns was not much better. He was standing in front of Hill for the first two against, so whatever. Uh, tickets sold in this, as we were talking about before, 10,340. Buffalo right now still holding the record for worst attendance ever in SAP Center history. If you remember, back on Tuesday, November 2nd. My point being... My money is still on Arizona Tuesday, December 28th. I say they will go sub 10,000. If that game is not postponed, I will be there. Shout out. Hey, now. All right. So, look, the bottom line, we were talking about this earlier. The team is struggling to find offense. They lose another offensive piece in LeBanc. They don't want the team's leading goal score from last season on this team. And for those Kane apologists, and there are some of you that are out there, uh, let me ask you a question. If you believe that the rift between Kane and the Sharks locker room is a false narrative that is driven by the media, why isn't Kane playing for a Sharks team that is so desperate for goals? Like you literally had Bugner come out like in the last day or so asked about Kane and Bugner's like, he's, he was, he said, I, uh, Thing here, uh, a quote here from Pashelka. I asked Bugner if there was any way Kane could return to the Sharks. Put it this way: It would be a huge surprise to see Kane play for the team again. Uh, Bugner saying, "I would probably say this to keep it simple. Right now, he's not part of our team. If there isn't some sort of a rift there, you'd be hearing something different." Well, it's like we talked about before. You know, if they wanted Kane back, they would say, yeah, I called him, checked in on him. He's doing good. Can't wait to get him back here. Miss that guy. He's awesome. You've heard none of that. And even, you know, Shang Shang asked the same thing. I want to say it was on uh, Friday or Saturday. 
and basically it was, oh, is the door open for Kane to come back? And Bob <laughs> was like, well, Kane's on the Barracuda right now. Yeah. It's like, all right, so no. Like, <laughs> I that's like the like that's a total non-answer right now. And and Bob notoriously shoots from the hip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's not a he's not a non-answer guy. Oh, dude. I mean, he. We're talking about a coach that straight up. I mean. <laughs> called out Jones more than a few times last season. I mean, he he said some things. We, and, oh, well, yeah. We've talked about it. Yeah. And, and it's... And Who's he, your starter the last three games of the season? Well, probably not Jones. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, Wonder, like you can figure out why. You don't have to sit there and go, you know, and try to come up with conspiracy bullshit. Um, so, anyway. Uh, is Hobgawax really that difficult to pronounce? I don't think so. I mean, Ruzi had it spot on, but as the game went on between Hahn, Hetty, uh, Brown, uh, Brody, I, dude, I heard like 18 different <laughs> I heard Halubgawaks. I swear at least once I heard Halgabawaks. <laughs> and then what's really jacked up is that the NHL pronunciation guide says Halbigawaks. I mean, yeah. but I just. Like, how do you not just, get, if you're part of the team, the broadcast group, Brody, Curtis, Hetty, Randy, anyway, uh, Hannon, Smith, everybody just needs to f- just text Ruzi and go, how do I pronounce this guy's name again? He'll spell it for you phonetically. Text yeah. Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but literally, like we're gonna put Kevin Lacey's phone number on the screen right now. <laughs> text that number <laughs> when you need a pronunciation. Text that number. Um, I'm and I mean that seriously too. Like that, he's my guy. You know. All right, what's like, his number? I'll throw it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's you're there was a lot of that going. Hob obviously, you mentioned that. You know, I talked about Jeremy Lozon as well. But there've been there's been a lot of, you know. Just and and it's hard to say like if you mess up somebody's name once like we've all been there. Yeah, right? absolutely. But specifically with Jeremy Lozon to call him six different names in the well, same game. The, see, here's the problem that I had is I <laughs> in the you go back and listen to that first period of of the game, and it, Randy and Hetty they changed the pronunciation that they themselves are doing about three times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Halibgawax. Then it's. How at one point I thought I I was like okay just go straight back to the future and go one point twenty one gigawatts just yeah. it doesn't even matter and even and you talk to any Barracuda fans there have been you talk to any Barracuda fans there have been plenty of uh, uh, there have been plenty of nicknames for him as well Hogendoss Scrabble Hogwarts, Scrabble yeah yeah all right uh, let's move on we could go down a rabbit hole with this <laughs> and uh, and actually <laughs> I just got a text uh, <laughs> from Kevin uh, Lacey. May or may not have been, and it said my my number is at k e v i n l a c y two two. There you go. <laughs> uh, according to ESPN's NHL attendance report, San Jose is twenty ninth in average tickets sold at twelve thousand two one two. Now remember, tickets sold is not tickets used, but they are only ahead of Arizona, Ottawa, and Buffalo. Three tire fire franchises, two of which have their buildings out in bumfuck. Uh, now, if you sort by percentage of availability, then it's thir- they fall to 30th. Now, some people will sit there and go, well, there are people that are not comfortable 
being in, you know, in an enclosed space, you know, they're, they're just not comfortable in that situation again. Totally respect that. Then there's other people that are going to sit there and go, I, I don't care about your vaccine mandate. As you can tell by my sarcastic voice, I don't respect a lot of that. It's kind of like, dude, you had no problems with no shoes, no shirt, no service. If they want you to wear a mask, wear the goddamn mask or stop crying. Go somewhere else. But the thing is, the Warriors, they have the same mandates. 49ers have the same mandates. The Warriors are 100% sold out. 49ers are 95% sold out. So why aren't the Sharks selling more? Well, it's like I said before. If people wanted to be there, they would be there. And That's right Sharks, there. Sharks fans are... Sharks fans have been spoiled with a lot of winning yeah. over the last 15 years. Come that, quite the fair, fair weather group. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, any, like, and, 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 and I've said this before. We've said this before on the podcast. Like, if, if, if a, if, uh, <laughs> they were selling out a building when they won, what was it? 11 games the entire season? <laughs> selling well, out the building. Well, and that's the thing is, like if 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 a uh, if somebody from the future came to me and said, "Hey, the Sharks are going to go 0 and 82 this season." If I'm in town, I'm still going to catch a game. Absolutely. So, no, it's uh, <clears throat> I think it's a little bit of fair weather stuff. I think it's also that, you know, the there is a rather large turnover uh in the South Bay population, you know, the Tech Valley with a lot of people coming and going. So, I don't know. Uh, why can't the Sharks win in black jerseys? It's pure coincidence. Next question. Uh, when we talk again, we <laughs> will be catching you up on two games. No, wait. <laughs> no, the league has postponed those. No cross-border travel before Christmas. So Vancouver and Edmonton scheduled for this coming week are suspended. So as of now, uh, the next scheduled game to be played is going to be at Anaheim on the 27th. Uh, I don't know why that might be pushed off, but look, stranger things have happened. Uh, the ironic part, of course, being is that these post-game, postponed games come during a stretch where the Sharks were playing like had the least amount of games over the most amount of time scheduled. Uh, and Because following Christmas, the schedule starts to get pretty damn condensed. Uh, Jerk, is it time to announce... Uh, announce uh, Schedule B because I feel it's just a matter of time. If the sh- if the NHL does not announce that they are saying thank you for the invitation, but go fuck yourself, Olympics. Uh, if, if if that doesn't get get announced before Christmas, how? Well, here's the thing, dude. Is what's the thing, dude? The even even though it is the NHL's decision. Uh, Everything that has been said about the Olympic subject is that it's going to be up to the players. You know, the players are going to decide whether or not they want to go. We've already seen some players, Robin Leonard, Eric Carlson, who've said, yeah, I'm if I'm invited, I'm not going. We've seen Connor McDavid feeling nervous about the protocols. Logan Couture did, has felt nervous about them. Did Patchy already say something, too? If he did, I missed it. Okay. Um, but I just... And again, I think if it was me personally, if I was playing in the NHL, I would not. And I was invited. I would not go. Just you were invited. 
just on on the principle of like having you know to travel so far to China. There's all kinds of political uncertainty, obviously, but also COVID is going on. I just wouldn't go. And you know, ultimately, it is going to be up to the players' association. They're going to have to come together as a group and tell the NHL what they want. And but here's here's the other thing too is so obviously the NHL they blocked out pretty much the entire month of February for the Olympics. Um, you know, and the All-Star game as well. From what I understand, even if the NHL doesn't go to the Olympics, that time off is still going to be there because, you know, schedules for buildings and everything like that have already been have already been committed. You know, it's going to be if the NHL does not go to the Olympics, it's going to be very hard for the NHL, not impossible, but very hard for the NHL to move the schedule up three weeks. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> buildings get, uh, you know, concerts get booked, events get booked. And it, again, the schedule is so goddamn condensed. I went through it and I'm like, just for Vancouver and Edmonton, I'm looking at openings on the shark schedule and then looking where those line up with Vancouver and Edmonton. There, There is nowhere to line it up. Like, it, if you even look, uh, funnily enough, if you look at like the next times the the sharks would host like Edmonton or Vancouver, like they're the sharks immediately play like the day before, or like the sharks host somebody else the day before, and then Vancouver would, okay, I I, I can figure this out. So like the, <laughs> the like Vancouver comes in, plays, uh, they. Yeah, fuck. I'm never gonna fucking figure this out. You know what I'm saying? It's just basically it's right. like it, it's Vancouver plays. It, to get it dialed in. Yeah, it's like Vancouver plays in Anaheim on Wednesday, then plays in San Jose on Thursday, and then the San Jose plays in Anaheim on Friday. You know what I mean? Like it just right. it can't be lined up. And it makes me wonder too. I don't I don't know this for sure. I would obviously have to try and figure it out. But last year, when the NHL put out the schedule. They intentionally put a week between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs for this exact reason, for postponed games. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to know. I don't know for sure. Maybe it's been decided. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But I'm curious to know if the NHL has once again created a buffer week at the end of the year. Because based on how everything has gone um, the last, you know, week, uh, they're going to need it. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, if it if it and and here's the thing, I'm of the belief that this what we're dealing with right now, this is the worst. I I I'm of the belief it's only going to get better from here. I would hope so. Um, and maybe, you know, but then again, if it doesn't get better from here, maybe it's a situation where they have to go to points percentage. Uh, well, they maybe they did it last year, no problem. Um, two years ago. To, whatever. Uh, to get, I'm sorry. <laughs> facts matter. Uh, to get back to kind of what we were saying, though, when it comes to ticket sales, uh, fanatical Teal Bleeder pointing out the Warriors are a dynasty, though, with the greatest shooter of all time at the moment. That's not you, correct point. Fair point. Fair point. But I would, but... I would, I want to also put position that up against the fact that yes, the the. The Warriors, they, you know, you've got your Steph Curry, you've got your Clay Thompson. You, you there are some some pieces there. Uh, Draymond Green. For a little while, you had uh, what? What was dude's KD. name? Kevin something or other. Kevin Durant. Yeah, you had. Oh yeah, the guy who left the Kevin Durant size hole. Um, so <laughs> you have 
you know, some big names, the Sharks, for the longest time, <laughs> for damn near 20 years, Thornton, Marlowe, Pavelski was, you know, a beloved figure that played here for what, like 13 years. You, Those are three pretty big pieces to not have on the team anymore. I would say that that, I'm not saying it's the only reason. I'm saying it's it, it could be a small little piece when three of the biggest names that have played on this team are, are gone. I mean, two two of those three names are, are the biggest names that have ever played for the Sharks, period. There's no debate about that. Well, it's also, I think it's also worth saying as well, basketball is a pretty mainstream sport. I would make the argument hockey, especially in this market, I would argue that hockey is still a little bit niche. Oh, Absolutely. I think that and what uh, fanatical teal blader, I think, m- makes an excellent point. But I think there's more more at play than just that. I got you. So let's go to stock up and stock down this week. Uh, look, hurdle two assists this week, despite having I don't know how many different people on his line. But hey, <laughs> keep upping that trade value, my brother. He's he's a versatile guy. He can play with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Swiss Army Knife, you are, sir. Uh, Brent Burns. You know what? Two assists in two games. Hopefully this is him starting to heat up because we all remember how dormant he was once everybody came back from COVID. He was so hot during that stretch when everybody was on on the on the COVID protocol and then he was just <laughs> invisible for a while. So hopefully this is a sign of him. And hey, look at that. I'm going and we're back. All right. Uh and then uh James Reimer. I mean, he's got a nine fifty one over two starts in the last five. His goals against is 1.5. How are you starting anybody else but him between well, now and, like, I don't know, uh, February 1st? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I agree. Good. It's not even a matter of going with the hot hand. Like, Reimer is not hot right now. He's good. He's better than Aiden Hill. That's just fact. Facts matter. And... <laughs> You know, we're let's look at this too. We love numbers here on this podcast. Among starting goalies in the NHL, second in save percentage. That's what I'm saying, dude. I'm looking at the schedule right now between fifth <laughs> in second in save percentage, fifth in goals against average. All star Reimer? Maybe. Was I not saying that a few weeks ago? All star Reimer? Maybe. Yeah. Ve- Vesna Reimer? Maybe. Dude, keep this up. Dude, between now and February 1st, which is at Tampa Bay, that's the last game before the big break in February, they have one back-to-back. <laughs> and you know when that is? It's it's uh, a week or so from now when it's Monday at Anaheim, and then they come back and host Arizona. So you put Hill in to face his former team, who's, oh, the worst team in the NHL. There you go. The rest of and- it... Dude, it's Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday. Dude, there's just there's no reason not to start Reimer all of those games. Maybe you, th- you throw a hill a bone and say, okay, Detroit, sure. At Buffalo, perhaps. And some breaking news here. Nothing official yet. Pure, this is from Pierre Lebrun. Nothing official yet, but sounds like NHL players will not be going to the Olympics. Thank you. Which I think we, what, predicted four shows ago? Something like that. I, and I hate to say this, but Good. how different would, well, 
good, but also how different would the decision be if the Olympics weren't in China? As well, hold on. I don't want to get into it. I'm just asking. No, 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 no. I get what you're saying, but I mean, I'm talking versus them being in London or versus them being in North America. Not China. I got you. Yeah, interesting. Uh, but let, let, let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Just uh, something to chew on. Yeah. No, I feel you. Uh, Bosasaurus, we always uh, we always answer the questions when it comes to uh, the beer. AJ, are you drinking a West Coast IPA from San Jose local Camino Brewery? No, sir, I am not. I am drinking the Logan Couture Loco Hazy IPA from Hoppa's Brewery in San Jose. Sponsor. Yeah, Hoppa's. Get on it. Uh, and then finally, stock up this week, you said Shimmick. Yeah. Um, or was that a typo? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I just think he's playing better. He seems like he's playing more sound defensively. He's obviously been uh, very physical as well. You know, he had, Jesus, against the Kraken, he had 11 hits. Um, only one against the Canucks, but 11 against the Kraken. Um, <laughs> zero giveaways in both games, which you love to see. Um, Feel, and, you feels know, like boy got a little tired of getting scratched. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, he's been more physical, which has kind of been his bread and butter. I think his skating looks a bit crisper. He doesn't seem as out of place on the ice. Um, I think he's been better defensively. And you know, again, we'll we'll see. Is this is this just hot play or is this a sign of things to come? You know, I'm. We're still waiting on Vlasic, but it looks like Shimmick is trending in the right direction at least. Yeah, I would like to. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing. Vlasic, get a scratch here. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, let's see here. So, stock down. Uh, look, we've been talking about it the whole show. Aiden Hill, dude, 890 over three starts in the last five. A goals against of 3-3-3. Three, three, three. Dude. Oh, my God. Uh, Kevin LeBanc. I mean, <laughs> you are already having a shitty year. Not his fault. Not 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 totally his fault, but he did get scratched for not, you know, doing things that they asked of him. It's like, for not carrying his line mates. Well, some of that, but it was also kind of you know playing, looking for the offensive push rather than being a little bit more defensively sound. But either way, look, he's in Chateau Bow Wow regardless, and then he gets a dislocated shoulder. Maybe this. It, Silver lining. He watches some hockey from home while he rehabs. Maybe the best thing for him right now is to watch from the box. He he was scratched for one game this season and, and came back a little bit better. So, hey, maybe this helps. And then finally stocked down as well. We mentioned Vlasic. I mean, averaging barely over 14 minutes a game. Homeboy used to do 21 in his sleep. Uh, is, is this the worst contract for the Sharks in terms of return on investment outside of yes. Evander Kane? And here's the thing. I, I, I do, I do really love Mark Edward Vlasic. Um, a lot of that, a lot of that is, um, I guess you could say driven by nostalgia and driven by the past, but I do like Vlasic genuinely, but at the same time, and, and, you know, we talked about this, Jesus, we we talked about this back uh, when his big deal was signed back in July 2017. Like, you know, <laughs> on the information he, you had at the time, 
Right. He, you know, he's a really good defensive defenseman, but you don't really pay those guys $7 million, especially when you're already paying, paying Brent Burns eight. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there was always kind of a, even though I think it was smart to keep him at the time, but there was always kind of that sort of small feeling like, okay, like this is going to turn around at some point and it's not going to be good. If only we had realized that it was going to turn around the first year that deal kicked in. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. So let's uh, move on here. <laughs> At least after this season, we're halfway done with it. <clears throat> oh, geez. Yeah, there's a there's a Curtis Brown take for you. Uh, <laughs> let's get to the stats now. And I know we're running long, but like I said, unless, I don't know, Kane gets traded or something, we're probably not going to be on next Sunday. So we're just letting it all hang out before the holidays. The power play right now, 18.9%. 15th, right in the middle. <laughs> One for their last seven power play opportunities. The PK has fallen to fifth, now at 85%. Oh, this, darn. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, dude, they were killing it for so right. long, leading the league like the first month and a half. And this week, two for three, but we'll see how it goes. The face-off winning, fallen from eighth to tenth, now at 517 They're right there. But Hill, my lord, goals against right now, 290, a 900 save percentage, a record of 6-9. and nine. It is the second worst save percentage in the NHL for a goalie who has started 15 or more games. And for your information, Hill's 900 save percentage is a scotch below Martin Jones's current 907. Ugh. Conversely. <laughs> Reimer, 1.99 goals against, a 9.36 save percentage with a record of 9.5 and 1. And Reimer's save percentage, as Jerk told you earlier, second best. Yep, save percentage is second in the NHL, goals against average fifth in the NHL. <sighs> and that's despite, <laughs> that's despite, you know, losing six of the 15 games he started. Imagine if the Sharks were like a good team. <laughs> Man, wouldn't that be great if that happened? And what's funny here is somebody, you know, a, a smart ass in the in the chat here says breaking Kane retires, joins Pucknologist every Sunday. The thing, the, the reason why I find that comment funny is that I actually have had a video sent to me. I'm not sure when this is from, but it was video of Evander Kane on Instagram saying that he was at one point going to start a podcast. Chief never followed through, and it's supposed to be uncensored unfiltered there was going to be a whole bunch of stories and then what happened uh blue line points two games this week you got three assists uh all in though 15 goals 44 assists that's 59 points in 30 games from the blue line market improvement from last season so who's leading the module my brother <laughs> module module uh, well i mean honestly has it changed at all from last week or can we just move on your top three are Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Logan Couture. They are leading in terms of module score, leading in terms of high-value goals, leading in terms of actual goals. Um, there you go. But also, Eric Carlson, Jonathan Dolan, 50% of their goals are high-value, nothing to sneeze at. Um, mm-hmm. Nick Benino still sitting with a crisp 100% <laughs> high-value goals. Um, it's because he hasn't scored in four weeks. That's right. Um, and everybody else is just sort of tolling around. Uh, Bugner did say that Balsers is improving, but is still a week or two away. Placed on IR back on December 7th, not expected back before Christmas. 
That's the way that remains. Yoel uh, Shellman, <laughs> he was placed on waivers for contract termination. Pashelka reporting that Yoel <laughs> requested the termination so he could go back home to Sweden. So I don't know if he's just like homesick or if he's like, fuck these guys. I'm never getting back on the Sharks or whatever. Or if he was just like, God damn, Eklund needs my help. Well, also too, uh, and, and you know, shout out to uh, shout out to Kevin Lacey for for digging this one up. Um, Dig it out. <laughs> so actually, right after um, right after the contract was terminated, uh, Shellman actually signed a three year deal um, with the team in the Swedish Hockey League. It's spelled Vaxjo, pronounced Vekwa. Shout out to Kevin. And nice. there you go, three three year deal. He's probably making some good coin for it. So. You get to be in your home. You get to be in your home country, make some good money. I mean, who who says no to that? Nice. Yeah. Uh, on Friday, uh, Buddy Shang mentioned that uh, Mario Ferraro missed his third straight practice. So Chief is clearly dealing with something. And later, he actually reported Ferraro put on all of his gear, and Bugner had to order him to take it off. <laughs> you have to love the. Fu- if this kid is not the future captain of this team, I don't know what the problem is. Um, Sharks took the weekend off. Uh, what better way to reward a team that's lost two straight? Um, last May, Doug Wilson, who we've yet to hear anything about since taking temporary medical leave on November 26th, like I mentioned earlier, said, we're not as far away as people think. Um, if you're forced to move hurdle, you're forced to buy out Kane, I'm just saying, it's been 18 years, and that first decade was pretty solid. Last five years, mm, some of the moves, I don't know. Is it Maybe is it time, if, if Wilson is dealing with some health issues, is it time for him to pull the ripcord? I think ultimately, you know, just because of how much clout Doug Wilson has, I think he's going to go on his terms. Gotcha. And, and, and you know what, I'm... Like yeah, you know there have been some there have been some fumblings the last couple of years, but I still think with Wilson's tenure as GM, I still think it's been net positive. And you know until we see some really egregious stuff, you know I don't think we're there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> I just I don't I don't know why I love that so much, but it's just always so much fun to say. Uh, so look, that's <clears throat> excuse me, that's where all that stuff stands. Uh, we talked about the Olympic stuff earlier. I just, for me, I just could not imagine being in China and like literally the day you fly in, they test you and you're like, oh yeah, you got the Rona. Sorry, you can't p- participate. So it's like, I came here for nothing. Or you come and then you're there for the entire time and then the day you're supposed to leave, they test you and you're like, oh, nope, sorry, you got the Rona. You got to sit sit around here for a month. Well, and so that's the thing. So... Uh, the latest edition of the Be- Beijing playbook came out last week and, you know, they're talking about potential three to five week quarantine. If, if you're, if you're asymptomatic, you have to provide a na- after the quarantine, when you're asymptomatic, you have to provide two negative tests within a 24 hour period. Mm-hmm. If you are symptomatic, you have to wait until every symptom is gone before you can even <sighs> attempt to test out. Dude, I'm just sitting there going, you know, if Uber, if there was an Uber for private jets, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so, but think about it like this, right? Think about it like this. 
what and you know people you know the the recent example here is Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson's got a two year old daughter. Imagine he's stuck in China for five weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could tell he, Eric Carlson was just like, oh hell no, screw that, I don't care. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't no. know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Fuck you. Um. Hey, look, Ben Bishop retired, and Anton Kudobin is waived and assigned to the AHL. Weren't these guys playing for a cup like a year ago? That's amazing. Well, Ben Ben Bishop hasn't been healthy in over two years. Yeah, um, but it's just, from what I under man. from what I understand, his meniscus is shredded cheese at this point. Ugh. Um, <laughs> you know he <laughs> Kudobin got tired of grabbing the nets and throwing it. <laughs> yeah, you know he he played half the regular season of you know COVID season one, missed the whole or I'm sorry, he played three games in the playoffs, missed all of COVID season two. Obviously didn't play any NHL games this year. Played one game in the AHL and shut it down. Yeah. And I and you know I I feel kind of bad for him because you know his one game in the in the AHL, you know he let in eight goals and people were saying, oh wow Ben Bishop, like you suck. What's wrong with you? You can't even stop AHL shots. And then it comes out like, yeah, dude, like I don't have a knee, I can't play. It's like I I hope those people feel stupid. Yeah. Because by all accounts, Ben Bishop is like a really good dude. So. Yeah. Oh totally. Uh, Paul Maurice decided to pull the ripcord as the Jets head coach. Third team to make a <laughs> you change. You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's impossible. Uh, man, who, who saw this coming? Did he? Nobody. Was, was he just like, you know what? I feel like the team's tuned me out, so fuck this. Well, it's weird because he said, like, it was kind of, I mean. I, I'm tired I give, of Brendan Dillon's bullshit. <laughs> I get, you know, I give him credit for having the self-awareness to do this himself. But at the same time, like in his press conference, it was kind of weird to me because he said, you know, I've not lost the room, but the guys need a new voice. And it's like, well, which is it then? That's an amazing amount of self-awareness, though. Yeah, but also I feel like those two comments are conflicting. Like, yeah. <laughs> they they need somebody else to listen to, but they still like me. It's like, well, do they? I mean, you know, I don't know one way or the other, but it is kind of peculiar. But here's the thing. Paul Maurice is, you know, he's a pretty exceptional coach. Um, you know, obviously he's had, you know, he's had success where he's been. Obviously, you know, with Hartford and Carolina, he was uh, and obviously with the Jets have been the biggest um, successes for him. Um, but. You know, I think he's one of those guys where, similar to like Rick Tockett, you know, Rick Tockett is hanging out on TNT right now. He'll, you know, Paul Maurice will go somewhere else when he's ready, I think. Do you, so there's nothing to the rumors that he was fed up with the uh, Wi-Fi in, Vancouver, in Winnipeg? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Who knows? But even then, something else to think about, too. Like, you look at Paul Maurice, right, and he's he's 54 years old, and you think, wow, like, okay, still a young guy, right? Yeah, especially when you consider but, who Vancouver just hired. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you look at Paul Maurice, and for 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 the purposes of an NHL coach, Paul Maurice is a young guy. He's only 54. Oh, dude. But he's also – he started coaching when he was 28. That's – Which is incredible oh, to me. Dude, that's amazing. How, how old is Dallas Eakin when he first started? I mean, he looks like a pretty young fella. Yeah, Dallas. Well, I remember. So Dallas Eakins, he, you know, he's 54 as well, and he was kind of, you know, he was out of the game for a while, you know, because he, before he got the job in Anaheim back in 2019, he hadn't coached in the NHL since 20, 2013, 14, and 2014, 15. Yeah. So, 
He's a pretty young guy too. Pretty successful Dallas Eagans at the AHL level. So, I, dude, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I, I, I'm not saying that there aren't some like psychos remaining, but man, there those days of like Babcock and uh, oh god, who who was that nut job from uh, from the '96 Avalanche? Oh, uh, uh, oh, Avalanche. Um, Either '96 well, or '01. Weren't they weren't they coached by Mark Crawford? Crawford, yeah, but there, I, I, yes, Mark Crawford. But that, and there's another coach I'm trying to think of. I don't. Bob did, Hartley. No, did Crawford? Did Crawford coach both the the '96 and the '01 Avalanche Cup winners? No, only '96. Yeah. Okay. So I want to say '01 was also a bit of a loon, but uh, Bob Bob Hartley, who is now, oh, okay. you know. Uh, he, he wasn't too bad, yeah. but no, but, Crawford well, that, was a well, fucking was, whack job. He, well, he was pretty bad. Bob Hartley was one of the people who got fired after the Akeem Alou scandal came out. Oh, that's right. But no, um, Cro- Babcock, Crawford, Tortorella, you know, those guys that, that would just lose their shit in interviews. Uh, and then, and of course you see, uh, Daryl Sutter coming back. who's <laughs> just like the, I'm surprised they just during media sessions they don't hold a mirror under his nose to confirm he's still breathing <laughs> so actually i need to correct myself bob hartley was not fired during the kimilu um news that came out i apologize he was fired by the flames before that i gotcha apologize all right um but but even then there have been you're right like the the era of whack job coaches are sort of you know going away i mean even uh mike keenan you know was Everybody that has had a story about Mike Keenan talks about how much of a nut that guy is. Oh, he was a whack. Uh, Quinville could have his moments. But, yeah. God, Keenan. Anyway, uh, how things going for the Dark Horses? Uh, Jerk's got to be feeling a much yeah. better. Who owes me an apology? <laughs> <laughs> Climbing out of the basement, <clears throat> winning six straight, now with a record of 14-15-2. I mean, literally, they're like two wins away from like right there with the Sharks. Uh, 24 points. How do you suck and then suddenly rip off six straight wins? I mean, were the players just half-assing it in hopes of like getting the coaches fired? Maybe it's because I was right all along and this team was better than the record indicated. Maybe. I just, uh, yeah, but how do you suck noting. for that long? A new coach comes in for like a day and then you win six straight. That's just, really? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, look, so you're, you're feeling a little bit better. I'm feeling okay. Marginal. Uh, the Kings moved up to fifth now with a record of 14, 11 and five for 33 points. They just beat Washington earlier today. So my Kings with 33 points, jerks Canucks with 24. Well, still that's, we're not there yet. A lot of hockey left to be played. We'll see what happens. Remember, for last time I looked, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights took over the lead in the Pacific for the first time this season. Yep, they've won five in a row. Those fucking guys. So there you go. Uh, let's get to the uh, as I see him check in on the chat. <clears throat> let's do the uh, check in on uh, Ian's hair. Uh, Martin Jones, his save percentage has dropped. To a 9.07, we mentioned that earlier, to the delight of Ian Reed's wife. Uh, ten starts of the 20 have been made. Uh, he beat the Sens in overtime last night. Uh, in With the holiday break, the Flyers only play four games over the next two weeks. However, 
Flyers do visit, or at least are scheduled, to visit SAP at the end of the month. You got to think Jones is going to start that one since the the Flyers Flyers play at Seattle the night before. And, uh, oh, hey, who's that guy leading his team in goals and assists and points over there? Oh, that's Joe Pavelski. Holy shit, did you see him get choked up in the postgame? I did, yeah. Wow. What what was it? Tanner Tanner Kiro. Yeah. Tanner Kiro. Uh, dude, that was an um, that boy got dropped like a bad habit. Yeah, no, I mean, it's tough. I, and see now, dude, I, I don't. But I look at that and I feel like Tanner, you got to be more aware of your situation. I look at that; it didn't feel like a bad hit to me, did it to you? No, but but the no, like it was a bad. It, I mean, it's quote unquote bad, but I wouldn't I wouldn't call it dirty by any stretch. I just think it's because no, I think. I don't know. I'm watching it again right now, and I think you think he could have took a little mustard off the hot dog. Yeah, I think Brett because Brett Connolly ran him over before the puck was even there. You know. Oh, uh, I get you. But plus, also, also the fact that just the way Kiro was hurt, like you don't want to see somebody get no, hurt no, like no. That. Has did it, was there any reports from the NHL saying that there would be a, a hearing or any supplemental? Discipline? Yeah, uh, he got suspended for four games. Oh, he okay. So that was dirt. Which okay. and I think that's yeah because like I said, like I said, I've got the clip up right now and. The puck's not even there. Okay, I was just, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I didn't see it from that, but I totally trust you. But yeah, oh, but just to, to see his, to see Pavelski's emotion in that post game, and then relating it to what he went through with the game seven with Vegas and all of that, mm-hmm. it was just, oh, I miss you as our captain, Joe. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, especially with the way Dallas is trending, right? Like, obviously, like. You know, <clears throat> Tyler. You know, Tyler Sagan is. He's still dealing with with some. I think he's still dealing with some lingering effects um, from his hip surgery. You know, he's obviously not um, been the player that he's been in the past. Not having a bad year, but not what he probably should be. I still think he's struggling from that. Alexander Radulov is a pending UFA. Jamie Ben, that guy's career has been tumbling down the toilet like the last three years. <laughs> like. I'm wondering if there's even though yes, Joe Pavelski is 37, but all indications are that he's not slowing down or stopping at all. Like I wonder <laughs> if Dallas maybe if Dallas tries to go through kind of like a post Ben Radulov kind of refresh. I wonder if Pavelski ends up as like a guy who maybe wears a letter there on a more permanent basis. You know, he's worn the alternate captaincy there like in the past when guys have been hurt. I wonder if. If Dallas opts to do some kind of retool refresh, well, you know, I wonder if they go that direction. Because Pavelski, like you said, he's leading the team in scoring this year. He led them in scoring last year. So let me, and was and two years ago in the bubble was a pretty was a beast for them in the playoffs. You know. Well, let me let me ask you. And so yeah, now you know what I've had a chance to look at. Yeah, now that hit was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you this though: with uh, where where are the stars right now in the standings. Uh, currently, they're sixth in the Central Division, so um, and and no, and and they are they're actually one point behind San Jose, so they're six points out of a playoff spot. Oof. So if it doesn't get much better, uh, there I'd, I'd be. I mean, Pavelski's UFA. If anything, maybe yes. Uh, f- from all indications and everything that Joe has said, it's oh we fucking love it in Texas. We're down. And, and that's all great. 
you know, when we, you know, every weekend we like go visit Burns's animal farm or whatever. Like, it just makes me wonder uh, if if he says, yeah, you know what? Loved my time here. This has been great. Uh, I'm gonna go. I don't know. Pull the pull the uh, the Joe Thornton move and find a team that I think is gonna get me the big shiny thing. And I've... you know, for a year. Or do you get the vibe that that Pavelski just he just wants to be happy. He doesn't really give a shit about the shiny thing. I honestly wonder if Pavelski would take a trade somewhere else and then re-sign with Dallas in the summer. Solid point. I can see that. Just because, like, he, you know, and we don't need this to be a big slob show, but, you know, by all indications are that, like, he wants to be there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So why not go chase a cup and then come back? You know, and, and where Pavelski's at in his career, he scored a lot of points. He's made his money. Like, you could just do one-year deal after one-year deal after one-year deal with this guy. At this point. Well, the guy keeps showing up. Yeah, so, dude. <laughs> fucking it. The only person who didn't know was someone that will remain nameless for now. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up. All right. Barracuda. All right. This fucking team. All right. <laughs> San Jose Barracuda, well, they went two and one this week. Uh, the, the these are almost football scores at this point on some of these. This is ridiculous. On what was it Wednesday? Oh yo yo, they absolutely curb stomp the Colorado Eagles at SAP ten to five. You get two power play goals, two shorties. You got goals from Blickfeld, Raska. You get two from VL, Magna, Moberg. Uh, Rabik, Nick Merkley gets two, and some guy named Evander Kane got on the board. Uh, oh, and I guess also got three assists. And it was a three-point night for both of the Merkleys. Like, are you kidding? This is the, the same team that got curb-stomped by Stockton 10-1 to like the week before. This is the m- most bipolar Barracuda team I've ever seen. Need a save. Oh, dude, Sachenko and Melnichuk have been horrible. Fucking ho- To the point where I'm like, is it time to start thinking about new goal? T- or is it just time to think about just full stop? Just every- all the coaching for the Barracuda. Every single one of them. Just, we're starting over. I'm like, Summer, you've been here for 35 fucking years. Like, <laughs> fucking beat it. <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> everybody everybody else like i mean just maybe it's just time to start over somebody was talking about uh, we were mentioning D- dallas eakin earlier that one of the reasons why they say anaheim is having this the unexpected success that they've had this season is that dallas eakin for however long spent time with san diego and so mm-hmm. he tr- he saw guys like Trevor Zegras and helped develop them and has able to, been able to bring them along. Well, and, <clears throat> Wouldn't and, that be and, great and, to see in San Jose? Well, and you and you've seen you've seen that elsewhere. Uh, how as long well. did, how long did Zegras play for San Diego? Oh, not long at all. He was oh, barely there. Okay, well, so then so that's kind of unfair. That's like saying that. But even Sommer then, but there were other. 
but there were other guys in San Diego, to your point. Troy Terry was there, Sam Steele, Isaac Lundestrom, Max okay. Comtois. Like, all these guys were there, right? Okay, then those are absolutely great examples. But here's the, but here's the thing, and, and you, you make an excellent point, and, and I agree with you 100%, because look in the past, you know, Jeff Blaschel was the coach. Hey, and there he goes. And uh, I'm back. And he's back. <laughs> Jeff Blaschel was the coach for the Grand Rapids Griffins when they won the Calder Cup in 2013. A lot of guys on that team who would end up being NHLers with the Red Wings, Gus Nyquist, Tomas Tatar, Riley Shahan. Um, obviously, Detroit did not win a Stanley Cup, but those guys had AHL success with Blaschel, Blaschel and have had NHL success as well. Now Blaschel is the coach in Detroit. John Cooper as well. John Cooper coached um, the Syracuse Crunch AHL team when they had, you know, a bunch of guys from that AHL squad who who were there when, when they made it to the final, right? You know, you had Tyler Johnson was there. Andre Palat was there. Alex Kalorn. You know, uh, these are guys who went to a Calder Cup final with John Cooper in the AHL and then won two Stanley Cups with him in the NHL. Yes. Uh, hold on, puck guy. For some, for whatever reason, asking, are you suggesting Roy become the Sharks' head coach? No, I'm suggesting that no, he... his replacement will become the head coach in like ten years. Yeah, I'm <laughs> suggesting that Roy like take his cowboy boots and hat and like retire already. Bye bye. Unless you were suggest, unless you were saying, am I suggesting that? Patrick Waugh become the Sharks head coach, which I don't know that I have a problem with that. Um, look, the other games that we saw from the Barracuda, 7-4 to four loss at Ontario. The Cuda scored three consecutive goals after falling behind 5-0. The goals did come from Reedy, Schmalevsky, Ryan Merkley, and John Leonard, who? Who snapped an 11-game goalless drought. Dear Lord. <clears throat> Interesting note on this. A source told us that Evander Kane did not travel with the team to SoCal, and I sent a message to a, a person or two to ask if they could confirm this and was told that they asked about it and were only told that he will be playing. They would not answer, which goes to which basically confirms that, yeah, he didn't travel with the team on their Southwest flight. Uh, and he probably didn't want to wear a mask. Uh, who knows? But it just—I <laughs> no, don't know. I mean, look, there, there's a couple different ways you can look at it. It could be like, well, maybe it has to do with childcare, or, or you know, or he a court date, or what we we don't know. We can only say that we were told he wasn't on the team plane. If you're the guy that's supposed to be the team player and you're trying to rebuild your rep as, you know, not the guy who's going to be sticking out like the sore thumb and everything's all about you, don't know that that's a good look. But he did play in both games this weekend in SoCal, the second one being a 4-1 victory at San Diego. The Cuda would score four times in the third getting San Jose their first victory this season in five tries over the San Diego goals. Uh, the goals did come from hallway. Who? <laughs> Evander Kane, who ended up getting the game winner in this, another by Scott Reedy, and Magna. Two of these Cuda goals were, in fact, shorties. So who are the leaders right now? Scott Reedy, 
Goals at 13 points at 22. Uh, is he the next to play come on down for the Sharks? You would think. Yeah, that'd be nice. A team that's desperate for offense, just saying. On the assists board at the top is Ryan Merkley with 15. We talked about Sachenko Melnichuk. They're both fucking horrible. Sachenko's at an 865 with a 4.34 against. Melnichuk, not much better. 859 save percentage with a 3.55 goals against. Uh, just shit can it all. Uh, the Cuda head to Loveland, Colorado for back-to-back games on Tuesday and Wednesday versus the Eagles. So good looking out there. When it comes to talking about those prospects, uh, Brandon Coe just owns it. <laughs> just owns it. 18 goals, 52 points in 29 games. Yikes. Uh, Tristan <laughs> Robbins, 34 points in 28 games. Daniil Gushkin, 29 points in 22 games. Weisblatt, 23 points in 26 games. Scott Reedy, just I mentioned, 13 goals, 22 points in 20 games. And a couple other names to kind of round it out. You've got Gannon Larock, 22 and 26. Bordalo, 19 and 18. Cardwell, 18 and 21. Max McHugh, 17 and 26. Eklund, I don't know what the fuck is going on. He is just stuck at five well, assists, nine he's games. On a, he, his team in Sweden is really shitty. The, it's like, really shitty, and it seems bad. like they've been stuck on nine games for like two weeks. Are they like No, not here's playing? the thing. Eklund is going to the World Juniors. That's oh. going to be where you want to watch him. You got it. Oh, when he's actually also, with talent. <laughs> right. Also worth noting, man, dude, the run that Yevgeny Kashnikov's been on the last little while, he's up to 19 points in 29 games with Gatineau now. Yeah, no, I'm I'm expecting him to break the top five here pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> like, get in there. Actually, <laughs> I was going to name him, but how do you pronounce that? <laughs> I believe it's Kashnikov. And Elite Lacey, Prospects. Confirm. And Elite Prospects has him listed as D slash forward, which is fun. <laughs> oh, I believe that's the Brent Burns recommendation, is it? Yeah. All right. Uh, so, hey, I don't have a tweet of the week. Uh, we replaced that with the story of the week, which was uh, misadventures in trying to purchase Sharks tickets at SAP. Uh, make, su- make sure you check out the latest one-on-one between our very own puck guy, Eric Curra, and one of our favorites from Vancouver Sports Talk Radio, Matt Sakaris. And keep an eye out this week for a new discussion with everyone's favorite Sharks personality, Drew Ramenda. Love Love, love to hear from the Drew Man. If you have some questions you would like Mr. Remenda to take a look at, throw those at us at Teal Town USA on the Twitter machine, and we will do our best to get those answered for you. You can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. And don't forget to join us on our Discord channel where the chat never stops. You can check the show notes for the link. And remember... To leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video below for those of you watching on this platform. And remember, follow us on all our social media channels. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, blah, 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 you know, all the bajillions of them. Just search Teal Town USA. They're there. And remember, if you want to support us, you can always leave a little something in the tip jar on Venmo at Teal Town USA. Thank you so much for that. So, famous last words for you, Mr. Hockey Jerkman, as we head into a very holiday-rific, Merry Christmassy, if you will, week. 
So if you will I, drink, <laughs> I so I saw a really funny tweet that I'm going to share, and then I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, so on you know December 14th was when uh, Yoel Shellman was put on waivers. I'm sorry, what's con- his name? <laughs> Yoel Shellman uh, to put you know put on waivers to have his contract terminated, and somebody somebody tweeted on top of the tweet about him being on waivers and oh. said. And said, "What one game of being on a line with Evander Kane does to a guy?" Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> that's all I need. I just wanted to. It made me laugh. I wanted to share the laugh. Hey, that's all we're looking for. It's to inform and hopefully entertain. If we can toss you a, a chuckle or two, it's all good. Our work here is done. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel here, and if you listen to the audio podcast on something like Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, whatever. Do us a favor. Subscribe to that content. Leave us a review if you can. Five stars would be mostly appreciated. You can find links to all those and more in the YouTube and description on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Find everything on TealTownUSA.com. Remember to check our After Dark post-game show following every single Sharks game. Uh, which there are none this week, so enjoy the break. Uh, That's our show. Thank you very much for watching and listening. We will catch you next week. No, we won't. (laughs) Is is there a reason? As we, as we, fuck, we're all, you know, we're an hour 40 into this whole shit show. I mean, is there, uh, is there a reason to do, you know what, just listen to this again next week. It's, nothing's going to change. Yeah, maybe, you know, Maybe next week there will be some, you know, maybe there will be some quick Discord chatter, but nah, I don't really, When's you know. Junior starting? Uh, I believe the World Junior start on Boxing Day, December 26th. See? So, which would be our next show. So, no reason to fucking, get, and let, okay, look, I'll make you a, 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 a <laughs> I'll make you a bet right now, because uh, just like with Ian's bet, uh, I'm not going to shave anything that, that I'm willing to show on air. But if William Eklund, get, if, if this all goes off on the 26th, if Eklund gets a hat trick before 7 p.m. Pacific on Boxing Day, we will have a show. Well, his, well, I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry to yep. tell you his, for, oh, I apologize. His first game would be on December 26th. They are playing Team Russia at, uh, let's see, 1.30 p.m. I don't know what time zone that is. I will work to find that out. But 1.30 p.m. Chances are it's before Pacific. So It's either Pacific. It's either 1.30 Pacific or 1.30 Mountain Time. I'll work to confirm that. Uh, either way, before 7 p.m. Pacific. Yes, all times are local, UTC 7. So 12.30 Pacific on December 26th. That's okay. when you'll see Eklund. So if Eklund pots a, a hat trick at me on Twitter... With proof, don't blow smoke up my ass. Give me proof that he that he got a hat trick, and I will ping a jerk and be like, "Dude, we got to do like like a, a, a five minute show on Eklund." Okay, and that'll be it. Sound good, everybody? Sounds good to me. Uh, oh boy! All right. So next show, then in all likelihood, is what, what the hell's the, what's after the twenty sixth? Shit, is that going to be the new year? That is, yeah. Let's see. After the twenty sixth. Holy cannoli! Yeah, we're looking at uh, the second. Yeah, January second, and there's a there's a morning game, Pittsburgh Penguins at 10 a.m. Pacific on January second. 
Oh, nice. So not a not a uh, not a pucknologist takeover. Cool. All right. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Is that enough time for everything to happen? <laughs> I think we're okay. <laughs> I don't know. Landy could be running it, and then all bets are off. Oh man, come on. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we only we only mess with the ones we love. Uh, so everybody, thanks for checking us out. We hope you have a fantastic Christmas, a remarkable New Year. It's got to get better, right? Like twenty twenty was shit. Twenty one was a little bit better. Come on, help us all out, right? Everybody, come together. Twenty twenty two can can be good, right? I feel it. Do you feel it? Do you feel the love? I feel it. I think also worth saying too. I just want to say. If you don't celebrate Christmas, hope you enjoy the holiday you do celebrate. If you don't celebrate a holiday at all, that hope too. you enjoy the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was... And I mean that all serious. My coworker does not celebrate Christmas, so my boss my boss got me a Christmas present and got him a end of the year present. And it's it's all good. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's all good. Dude. No, the, there was uh, somebody uh, had a joke. Or, or some sort of a line that said something like it was like, if you celebrate Christmas, uh, you know, like enjoy your, your turkey and ham. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, enjoy your Chinese food. Sure. Hey, uh, whatever works for you. Hey, it's, it's all good, man. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with all of it. Is, is there going to be an awesome meal? It's, are we going to be with family? It's all that matters. I don't care what decorations are up. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't care if there's an Easter bunny in the room or a, a fat man in a red suit or a jack-o'-lantern. It's, hey, we're together having some good food. It's all that matters. And happy Boxing Day to our Canadian friends. Even Ian. <laughs> Even Ian. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think we're done here. Good night, everybody. <laughs>